BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Kind of a fun moment here. I'm actually coming to you broadcasting live this morning from KGUA in Guadalajara, California, right on the Mendocino side of the Sonoma-Mendo border. And I'm joined by the owner and manager of KGUA, Peggy Berryhill, who's been described as the first lady of native radio. As the host of KGUA's flagship program, Peggy's Place, Berryhill spotlights community members, artists, fishermen, librarians, lighthouse operator, Part of the Muscogee Nation, Berryhill has worked over her more than four decades long career to push back on native stereotypes and mainstream coverage and has collected and preserved hundreds of hours of interviews with native community members. Thank you, Peggy, first for joining us on the show and also for letting me crash in your studio here. <laughs> hey, I'm uh, loving having you crash here. Uh, I have to say I'm uh, not getting you in my headphones, but... Um, Anyway, thank you. Is it well? It's a pleasure for us to have you here. And uh, of all days, we've had a big double header going on. I had two guests and uh, canceled the second one so I could do this show, third one. And uh, here we are. Oh, thank you, Peggy. Well, um, why don't we start with the building where we are right now in the small town of Wallala? Um, what what is this building? And and um, just tell us a little bit about it. This is a village called Cypress Village, uh, which is a sort of a combination of a lot of different small businesses over the years. We have an, uh, some uh, a restaurant, Covazul, across the way under the the it's the second story lighthouse light uh, clock. What am I trying to say? Clock. Uh, uh, two stories. It's all wood frame buildings here. They're painted white. Uh, we have the Dolphin Gallery from Gulala Art Center, other galleries. We have other businesses here. And uh, we found this, this office open 12 years ago, 13 years ago now. And it looks right out at the ocean. Not a lot of radio stations where you can look out at the ocean. It's right. You know, my experience in radio has been you're usually in the basement or sub-basement. <laughs> Very often, uh, except for KPFA, but generally you're in. You're, you don't see the light of day. You go in in the dark. You come out at dark. <laughs> so, how did you get a hold of these this, this frequency, these airwaves? How did that happen? Well, you have to apply to the FCC. Uh, for many years, I was uh, working as an evangelist in radio, trying to get native. Native communities to build their own community radio stations. I really wanted us to have 
every tribe having its own station. And because I love radio, it's easy to do. So as an evangelist, I was working with this crew with the National Federation of Community Broadcasters, and the engineer I was working with called me up and he said, Peggy, there's a frequency available. You do a frequency search. You hire engineers. And he says, a frequency available where you live. I had a big board, my organization, Native Media Resource Center, and they said, go for it. And uh, so we did. And we applied to the Federal Communications Commission. We got the frequency. And at that point, uh, this was the during the Obama administration, there was this organization to the Department of Commerce. I'll try and keep this short. You could get a grant, basically, to build a station. And we got one of the last grants. And we looked around the neighborhood. We found a place for a tower. We built it. We found the office. And here we are. Up. Got to turn on. And there's just community members. You know, it's a real community hub uh, here, KGUA. And it's it's pretty amazing because you actually, you did have to go build your own tower. You know, um, KQED, most people probably know, we can broadcast from Sutro. You had to go literally put into the ground a, a tall transmitter. Build a big hole in the ground, 20 by 25 feet deep, filled it with rebar and all kinds of things, covered it with cement, and then you put a 105-foot tower on top of it, a fairly small tower as far as those go, and then your engineers put the antennas on, and uh, there you have it. You, you know, that's part of it. What do you love about community radio at that scale, where you literally put in your own transmitter, you get your frequency, <laughs> and, and then you run your station? Uh, I, well, I think there's a bit of insanity somewhere along here, but, <laughs> you know, I, I love community radio. I started at KPFA in Berkeley. I did uh, go to NPR for a while in D.C., and um, I found that, you know, working in a network is, sure, you got all the resources, you got more tape than you get tape, that was back in those days, than you can imagine, but you don't have the community. And I missed that, talking directly to the community. And at KPFA, the community was from Berkeley to Tahoe, Fresno. Uh, you're really talking with people when you open up those lines, like you get to do every day, <laughs> right? I love that. It's by the we way, we should do that. We should do that. Have you uh, visited or lived in Gualala? What stood out to you? More importantly, have you ever listened to KGUA as you were coming up the coast? You can give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Maybe you heard Peggy's Place. You can get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram or KQED Forum or the emails forum at kqed.org. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. I wanted to ask you a little bit about your time at, at KPFA. 
what were you doing there and and how did you try to use that uh, audience there in the Bay Area? Oh, wow. That was a, a great time uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, there was a show at the time called Native American Students Hour, and nobody was doing it. Uh, and I'd always been a journalist. I was working in print journalism at, at that time. And uh, somebody said, Peggy, you should try this show. Never know why. I'm still not sure. But I said, okay, I'll do it for three weeks. It turned into five years, uh, changed the name to Living on Indian Time, learned how to use every piece of gear at that time. And in those days, man, portable cassette machines weighed about 40 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) And I just went everywhere. I taped every event, uh, film festivals, whatever was happening. People would come to the station. We'd take calls because... Uh, from the time I was little, I wanted to change that stereotype of Indians. And it was something that it worked for me as a journalist. Uh, everybody can tell you I can talk and and got to talk to people. And I got that, th- th- this thing, this thing called radio. And uh, KPFA really helped our Native community. And uh, there's easily 400 hours of tape from the 70s that's now uh, been taken care of at UC Santa Barbara. No kidding. Have you gone back and listened to any of it? I haven't. It's just happened recently. So they baked, they digitized, uh, and they just recently gave me a list of everything. And I would like to go back and do something with some of those tapes, particularly this is the 1970s. So this was the era of AIM and uh, uh, the change in urban Indian communities that was happening and the rise of um, a native artist and, and uh, poetry and uh, music, all kinds of things. It was a very interesting era. So yeah, I'd love to go back and do something. Yeah. We're talking with Peggy Berryhill, the owner and manager of KGUA in Wallala, host of the program Peggy's Place. We're actually in her studio right now um, t- talking. You know, of the people you've interviewed here in Wallala, what would you say, who stands out to you uh, in those interviews that you've done the many, many over the years? Here? Here. Yeah, your pe- people here. <sighs> oh, my gosh. You know, I, I've done easily now... Uh, I don't know, 1,200 local interviews. Uh, one of the people that I, I, I love talking to, I mean, I love talking to everybody, but some of the architects from uh, Sea Ranch, Donlan Linden, uh, he's wonderful to talk to about the history of the Sea Ranch. Tom uh, Osborne was the creator of the handheld computer from, uh, I think it was Texas Instruments then, you know, and when then they programmed with these little pieces of silver that you, that was an app, you stuck it in the side of the computer, you know, uh, uh, people like them, of course, there's so many artists, it's it's really hard to say, you know, this person or that person. Yeah. I mean, what's it like to really become a community hub like this where people know, you know, even just this morning there were people in, I think they were talking about forestry or, or, you know, how is that different from kind of big, big city radio? Oh, yeah. Uh, Those those people were talking about a better place forest, which is a way to bury your loved ones locally. It's very cool. I'll tell you about it later. They left you a gift bag. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, it's really been uh, wonderful. Uh, I, I, you know, like I said, I missed the KPFA days. And then as an independent producer running around, you and a mic everywhere, that was fun. Uh, 
Uh, but this is different because it means something to the community. And that's what makes a difference. And especially, uh, we have to talk about times of emergencies. That's when community radio is so important. During the fires, it's important. When we had to keep people off the highways, we slept on the floor for four nights here to keep people in touch with what was going on everywhere because there was no internet, there was no TV. Uh, and we were the, it was just us, radio, and the ham operators keeping people informed. What were you doing? You were basically listening to ham radio to hear what was going on, and then you were just putting that out over Well, the they were staying in touch with us. Actually, we have a deal with the local ham operators. If there's ever another emergency, they're going to camp out too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, be, well, it was the only way we could find out, like, what gas stations were open, where were groceries available, was there any lodging anywhere? I mean, people were camped from... Bodega Bay, all the way up here on the beaches, it was wild. It was wild. Nobody had any place to go, you know, so uh, to Fort Bragg, you know. So we, we wanted to make sure that people were taken care of or was the community center uh, serving free lunches or dinners? Uh, what do you do for health care? Yeah, all, all the things that, of course, we now just assume that, well, I'll just look it up. I'll just Google that. I'll search for it on Twitter. But when that stuff goes down, the transmitter stays on. That's right. That's right. And it's it, uh, at times like that, it's absolutely critical. And especially because where we live, we're a tourist destination. On a weekend, we can have 24,000 people from the outside here. That's a lot of people. And so, you know, part of the emergency plans is to take care of those people and get them home. <laughs> and, but take care of your own. So, uh, you know, that's uh, so, but that's fun. I mean, let's talk about the fun part, too. <laughs> we get to go to festivals, you know. We don't have a, a, a remote unit like that, but sometimes we do it the old fashioned way, like this. We call in on the phone. <laughs> and uh, so people, people rely on it for their news, their information, sharing things. Um, it, it's, it is. It's very, very personal. And yes, everybody knows me. <laughs> yes, got, got a couple of uh, comments coming in. Jennifer writes, um, so cool to be here in KGUA on KQED. I listen to both from Point Arena. And Patrick asks, I had a question for Peggy. How has Guala changed since the pandemic? I know a few people who moved up mm. there to work remotely, and I myself worked from an Airbnb there temporarily during COVID. I think it's a special place, but how have local residents dealt with the recent influx and changes in the community? Boy, that's a no simple answer to that. Um, there's been an influx of young families, pr primarily to Sea Ranch. And I think that's been a big change for them in terms of education and how far their kids have to go. Uh, but sadly, it's the lack of workers. The other thing that has happened is, and we've heard it on Forum and other KQED programs, housing prices. No one can afford to rent here. I mean, an average rent is at least 2200 who can afford that? And we're talking about working people. So people who move here because it's beautiful and they want the services, the service community is disappearing. Mm. Uh, we've lost restaurants, you know. We, I've we're, seen that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. in the short time you've been around, you've seen that. So that's the main changes that have happened here because of, uh, of the COVID and, uh, and the housing crisis impacting each other and so we're all worried about that where are people going to live what you know where where are we going to put people and how can families stay here 
Are there plans to build here? I mean, this conversation in the you know inner Bay Area just revolves around like, well, we need to like you know we need to build a lot more housing. We need rent control, and like there's kind of different camps within that. What what are the sort of camps here? Do people feel like there should be more housing that goes in? Well, I think there are, but we're in kind of an interesting situation here in that in primarily Guala, three families own most of everything. Um, and so uh, other than individual homeowners, right? And uh, and I know people are working with the county to try and put in more ADU units. Mm-hmm. We're thinking of that where we live. Um, but, uh, you know, that's all long-term. That's a long-term. Right now, uh, is there anything available? Not, not much. And our CMS, our local health clinic, uh, one of the you know, they, they're always bringing in doctors and nurses and finding places for them to live is critical to our community. So the, it, it is very different, I think, in rural communities uh, because you don't have that infrastructure. You don't have a bunch of lo- empty places. Yeah. Let's bring in Melissa from Richmond. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Hi, how you doing? Hi, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Doing well. Okay. Hi, Melissa. Hi. Um, I was just calling. Um, my grandparents owned Gulala River Redwood Park from the time my dad was 10 until I was 17. Mm. On the river, it would flood sometimes, you know. I don't think that really affected anybody in town. I'm not sure because we couldn't get out. <laughs> but um, Gulala is a great place. Yeah, what did you love most about this place? Well, my grandparents on the campground, so like that—that that was like I mean, imagine growing up in a forest, a redwood forest, all your—you know what I mean—from the time you were born until you know you're seventeen. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Gulala, uh, the beach—it's not real warm. It's not like Southern California. You know what I mean? But but it is. Um, it, it, there's something about Gulala that is beautiful, extra super special. And as much as I, I'm, I'm glad that they have. 24,000 people sometimes up there. It's kind of, I liked it better during the week when nobody was there. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you grew up on the river, too. Lucky you. That's pretty fun. Melissa, thanks so much for uh, for sharing that memory of this place. I... You know, the, the forests around here are pretty special. Is that what most people come, a beach on one side and sort of forest on the other, right? Oh, yeah. You got the people who want to go hug a redwood. <laughs> you know, these gigantic trees that are here. Uh, but, yeah, you've got the, um, well, you got to be pretty hardy to be a paddleboarder, kayaker, um, and a surfer. I mean, it's cold out there, really cold. And the waves, you know, you just you cannot play with the waves out here. They are serious. So, Peggy, I want to come back to KGUA here as we come to the end of the segment. I mean, community radio really grew up in the 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. and, and to today. Who do you see as you could, where you could surpass this institution on to somebody else, you know, long, long into the future? Or what do you think happens to it? Well, I don't know. Maybe Alexis wants to (laughs) take over station. This place looks great. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I don't know because uh, radio is so much. It's it's really tough. I mean, it's like 
having a child. You know, it's a 24-7 thing. Uh, and, you know, loving radio. I, I was actually interviewed by somebody else yesterday about radio. But, you know, it's it's a very special medium. It's personal. Uh, you want, when you're in a community, you want to serve that community. You want to do the best you can for that community. And you want to have fun uh, as well. So I don't know. But if anybody is, you know, interested or thinking about it, we're always ready to do succession planning. <laughs> Have you been able to mentor other Native American women who might be coming up the, the ranks? Oh, it's been a lot of time over the years. Absolutely. Uh, that was part of my goal uh, when I fell in love with radio and realized how easy it was. Uh, so we now have 68 Native radio stations. I've helped mentor some of those people. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it's yes. I mean, I've done done as much as I could to talk about it and to share with the joy. Uh, I think a lot of our stations have though mimicked uh, commercial radio because that's what they had on the yeah. side of them: commercial country and western mm-hmm. stations. So, mm-hmm. you know, people are are people. Yeah, absolutely. We have been here in KGUA's beautiful studios underneath a, a beautiful blanket. We've been talking with Peggy Berryhill, the owner and manager of KGUA in Guilala, California, host of the program Peggy's Place. You can Google Peggy's Place, KGUA, and find it here. One listener tweets, Love this guest and show, Forever Radio. I hosted two low-power shows on KDRT-FM in Davis, California. Love it. And Hillary tweets, This is awesome. My grandparents moved to the North Coast in the early 60s knowing there's a native voice in Guilala. is fabulous. I'm Alexis Madrigal. This is Forum. Stay tuned for another hour ahead with Mina Kim. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising-Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.